You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome to From Beneath the Hollywood Sign. If you love old movies, Hollywood history, or the golden age of filmmaking, you've come to the right place. This is the podcast that talks about amazing stories of Tinseltown from another era and fascinating conversations with writer-producer Steve Kubine and actress-writer Nan McNamara. So, Steve, did Ava Gardner and Howard Hughes have a good relationship? Well, they did until he dislocated her jaw. What? Well, don't worry. She hit him back with an ashtray. From Beneath the Hollywood Sign is the gin joint for you. Little fellow, you must have given up the hope of living. Uh Uh-uh. On the contrary, I do not let the word death bother me. Same here, baby. Then what are you waiting for? (laughs) Recorded in Chicago, Illinois, with your hosts, Ken, Matt, Neil, and Jeff, this is Triviality. The cream of the crop! Hey, welcome to Triviality, the game where a lack of seriousness meets a little bit of knowledge. My name is Ken. I'm going to be your host today. And once again, we are returning to the Pagoda for another Game of Death. Today, up against Matt, Neil, and Jeff, we have our guest, Brent Bullmeyer. How's it going, Brent? Hello, guys. How are you? Doing I just right. want to make sure I pronounce your name correctly. That is correct, yes. All right, great. <laughs> and I, uh, I understand they had kind of a... A long night last night. You went to see the uh, St. Louis Blues beat up on the uh, the uh, Dallas Stars. Yes, I did. Uh, it was a fun game. That is my uh, my twenty eighth straight Blues home opener. Wow! So uh, that sells you two things. I'm a massive hockey fan, and I'm an old fart. So. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Great. And uh, really quickly, uh, just tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into trivia. Um. I got into trivia. It's a, it's a pretty common thing down here in the St. Louis area to have the benefit trivia nights where you have a lot of people come in. We play for a charity and went to a few of those, won a couple and thought, you know, I could do that and uh, found that there was a market for people looking for people to come in and just do all the trivia so that they can just kind of show up, take the profits and leave. And I've turned that into a little bit of a side business and it's helping me uh, pay the bills. Excellent. Awesome. awesome. Well, Without further ado, I think we'll get started here. Uh, Once again, this is not the normal format. This is going to be another game of death. So how this works is we will ask our our various team members here five questions in four rounds. So basically, uh, each round will be one of our uh, team triviality specialties. Um, Then the fourth round will be Brent's specialty, which he specifically requested. He'll be able to select which member of triviality he goes up against. We will have the uh, halftime as usual, in which uh, Brent will have double points, and Brent will also have his pick of uh, the final round categories. So, without further ado, I think we'll get started with science and geography against Jeff. So, getting started in science and geography, the first question is, while the Carson Range Spur lies primarily in Nevada, 
What mountain range is primarily located in California and contains the Mount Whitney Peak? That's why we're uh, we're upstairs drinking some some uh, seltzer water before our own battles. Brent, how do you usually feel about the science and geography category? That's kind of hit or miss. Um, they're definitely better categories than some of the other categories that I'm sure I'll be up against here shortly. Okay. Okay. Um, you know, I should know this because I was just out in the Pacific Southwest a few weeks ago. Um, the the only thing that comes to mind when, when you talk about uh, uh, Carson and mountains out in the west is is the, the thing that came to mind was sierra nevada so i think i am going to lock in with sierras sierra nevada okay i i too uh put um literally on the page sierra or the sierra nevada range okay so. it looks like both contestants are getting right. points on this one so starting off even in science and geography sierra nevada being my favorite ipa as well <laughs> <laughs> who, who makes that ipa i have no idea i don't know Okay, moving on to a little mm-hmm. zoology. In what order of mammal would you find an animal described as a bumblebee blank or a kittis hog-nosed blank? This creature is arguably the smallest known mammal in the world, depending on how you measure it. So we're looking for the order that this mammal belongs into. I think I know this one. I just don't know what what it's called. Like if I we were in pub trivia, I could describe to Jeff random words, and I think he would pull it. <laughs> and to be clear, when I say order, you can give the basic name or the scientific name. Oh, cool. Okay. So so basically, you're filling in the the blank. Kittis hognosed blank, bumblebee blank are both common names for this this creature. All I can think of is bumblebee tuna. Okay. Yeah, I got, I got some ideas floating around my head jeff where are your ideas right now well the real shame of it is i've i've heard uh you know of the smallest animal the bumblebee whatever it is and i've seen a photo of it you writing it in jeff yeah i'll put it in okay so it looks like uh both contestants are in on this so we want to know uh what order the mammal is in jeff i was tempted to think it was like a, a mouse or, or something like that um, but I couldn't remember. I know I've heard it before, but I, I went with squirrel. Squirrel. Okay. Brent? Oh, boy, this is a little disappointing. I'm going to tap out on that because I missed the whole mammal bit and wrote down an animal that was not a mammal. So that's kind of, that, that sucks. <laughs> okay. Well, um, the, uh, bumblebee bat or the oh, kittis yeah. hognose bat, um, also known as chiroptera. Yep, I should have known that. It was definitely a bat. So arguably, depending on how you measure, you know, if you're doing length, you know, you know, it, mm-hmm. it can get a little sticky, but that is one of the smallest known mammals. All right, moving on to a little geography. Dhaka is the capital and largest city of what Asian nation with the world's eighth largest population? Spelling of Dhaka is uh, D-H-A-K-A. Yeah, I had that backwards. Okay, I think I'm locked in. Okay, Brent is locked in. Jeff, you want to talk it out? I'm trying to think of um, of countries by population, and I'm I'm getting really confused. I know there's a few in Asia with a, you know, a, about a hundred million or so. So the the name of the city itself doesn't do a lot for you, right? Um, I know I've heard it, but I can't place it. Um, but I will settle in on an answer. Okay, let's start with Brent on this one. So going with. Uh... Asian capitals of an, of an eighth 
uh, population country, you know, so that rules out the heavy hitters in terms of population like a China and an India. Uh, so going on that, I kind of went with a little bit of a swag there and went with Pakistan. Okay. Um, I, I had also considered Pakistan, but I couldn't remember for sure. So I went um, Bangladesh. Jeff is correct. It is Bangladesh. Wow. Good job, Jeff. Wow. Seemed to have a little trouble with that one, but I uh, used some reasoning and pulled it out. So I settled on, on Bangladesh, uh, mostly because I know it has one of the highest population densities in the world. So even though it's really small, I knew it was up there in terms of overall population. Thinking about the, the name could be maybe Indian is where I was also in that region. So um, some people may know that um, Pakistan and Bangladesh were both part of India um, before they split from India in 1946, forming um, East and West Pakistan at that time. So I was kind of, I figured I was in the region. I thought Pakistan was for sure, but I think that capital is, um, not Karachi. I can't remember, but regardless, I didn't well, think it was Well, this is why Jeff does the geography questions. <laughs> well, this, right. his answer made sense because his, his gi that he wears for the pagoda fight, it has a tiger on it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on to the next question. Um, what type of astronomical body have taken on the naming convention of starting with the letters PSR, followed by coordinates. So basically when, when scientists discover one of these and they name it, it starts with PSR and then coordinates after that. Hmm. PSR, by the way, stands for Pulsating Source of Radio. So I had an answer before you gave a further clarification or hint. Pulsating Source of Radio. And I don't know if now I'm misled or if my <laughs> answer is for sure, but I will stick with it. Okay. Yeah, I also was going to go in a different direction before you told me what PSR was. <laughs> I, uh, I don't think it's right, but the only thing that my brain is going to is a black hole, so mm -hmm. I'll go with black hole. Okay. Jeff? Uh, that's that's a really interesting thought. Um, uh, when he said <laughs> – well, I mean, you could be you could be dead on. Uh, when he said PSR, I had pulsar stuck in my head, and then when he said it was a pulsating, I couldn't get it out, so I just said pulsar. Yep, Jeff is right again. It oh. is pulsars. So uh, just, uh, nice. just bolstering the team here in the, the early round. All right, and lastly, question five. While he may or may not have been a fun guy at parties, Sir Alexander Fleming is better known for his work at discovering what in 1928? Now, you said you were an older gentleman, but you don't remember this discovery, right? Not... <laughs> 1928? <laughs> That's a little... Come on, I, man. This is our guest here. <laughs> I might have had the TV on the other channel at that point. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> and I am locked in. All right. Uh, can, I, can I get that one more time, please? Yeah. Well, he may or may not have been a fun guy at parties, Sir Alexander Fleming is better known oh. for his work discovering what in 1928? Yeah, got it. That was so stupid. <laughs> yeah, I threw in a, a dumb hint there. All right, so it looks like Jeff uh, had a light bulb go off. So let's start with Jeff. Yeah, as soon as it clicked in my mind that um, Ken's uh, fun guy was a pun, I said that he discovered um, penicillin, which comes from funguses. And how about you, Brent? Same train of thought, penicillin. Yep, you guys are right. Benzyl penicillin or penicillin G from the mold penicillium notatum in 1928. Oh. Good job, guys. Good job, Ken, reading all that. Okay, so after the first round, it looks like Team Triviality has 40 points, and Brent has started out with 20, but uh, he will have time to make up those points later in the game. Moving on to our arts round with Neil. Oh, 
arts is not a strong point for me whatsoever. All right. All right. Well, I did throw in a pretty uh, wide variety of arts topics, so hopefully uh, you'll be able to get some of these. All right. Starting off with a film question per Neil. <laughs> what film directed by Terrence Malick was the last film to be personally reviewed by famed critic Roger Ebert? For the record, he gave it 3.5 out of 4 stars. Yikes on that one for me. This is a fact I once heard. <laughs> so, uh, Neil is kind of bowing his head in deep thought, which is a good sign for Brent, as it didn't just pop right into his head. <laughs> Brent, you know anything about Terrence Malick or Roger Ebert? Uh, I know Roger Ebert. Um, <laughs> famous Chicago one with Gene Siskel. Uh, Terrence Malick, not so much. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, thumbs down on my knowledge on this one. Um, a lot of talent, Terrence Malick's films kind of blend together in my head because uh, they're why, very why, similar. Why could that possibly be? Because, yeah, it's all wide-angle lenses and uh, ethereal imagery <laughs> of people, spaces, and, and uh, Narr- nature. Narrating. and. Um, okay, I have an answer. Um, I'm not confident on it, but I, I'm just trying to think of the time period here, and I think I, I'm, I'm close. How about you, Brent? Yeah, I'm going to tap out on this one. Okay. Neil? So the only image that came into my head was Brad Pitt um, out on the grass and uh, talking to his son, which I believe is from Tree of Life, which seems around the right time period before Roger Ebert passed away. Yeah. um, Neil, you're close. Unfortunately, it is To the Wonder, Hmm. which starred uh, Ben Affleck and uh, Rachel McAdams and uh, Olga Korylenko. I've never heard of that movie. Yeah, it was the follow-up to Tree of Life, I believe. Mm. Um, okay, at least I was in the right time period. Ebert was a was a fan of Malick's films, I believe, and it was nice that uh, he saw a film that he liked for the last review. All right, uh, so next question. The impromptu recording of a jam session on December 4th, 1956, later called the Million Dollar Quartet, consisted of what four famed musicians? <laughs> oh, my God. I'm in. I ran across this uh, a couple of months ago when I was doing uh, some questions for one of my benefit events, and uh, some of the names have stuck with me, and uh, a couple of them have sadly uh, left me. Gotcha. So I am going to come up with the two names that I know and come up with some educated guesses. Okay, I got four names in. All right, sounds good. Let's start with Brent. So I'm pretty sure two of the guys were Johnny Cash and Elvis Presley. Mm-hmm. Um, the the other two guys I was struggling with, um, I I don't think these are right. But one of them I went with the guy who had a a role in the day the music died, who was the guy who decided to pass on the plane trip was Wayne Waylon Jennings. Okay, and then. Uh, the, Another guy who I don't know fit into the million, but he's pretty much a rock god, and especially down here in St. Louis, which is his hometown, and uh, passed away a few months ago is Chuck Berry. Okay. And how about you, Neil? Uh, So I also started with Elvis Presley and Johnny Cash. Uh, My third pick uh, was someone who uh, loved the Ivory Keys and uh, girls under 18. That would be Jerry Lee Lewis. (laughs) Ah, yes. And uh, the other one, uh, I believe is his correct name, uh, but uh, I went with Perkins. Perkins. Um, Yeah, the correct answers are Elvis Presley, Jerry Lee Lewis, Carl Perkins, and Johnny Cash. 
So Neil gets 10 points on that one to uh, help out Triviality score a little bit. All right, moving on. Question three. I promised Neil a MASH question after he was uh, complaining about how many MASH questions come up in trivia. <laughs> so here it is. What is the surprisingly dark name of the theme song of the TV show and film MASH? I'm locked in. All right. Oh, this is... Brent's got a line on this one. It has something... It's depressing. It has something to do with with death. Um, there is no pain... No pain in death. Suicide. Um, oh, man, I know it's about death. Painless suicide. Um, death. Suicide. Uh, suicide. Okay. I think I got it. Okay. So let's start with Brent. Uh, I believe it. Uh, I think it was actually sung in the movie version of MASH. I haven't seen the whole thing, but I saw that clip of it. And uh, part of the lyric, and of course, was suicide is painless. <laughs> so a breath of and relief guess... from Neil, <laughs> who, who talked, talked his way into something. Uh, I didn't know if the words made any sense, but I, I put suicide is painless. <laughs> Neil oh, wow. is exactly correct. <laughs> he said all kinds of words. He said death, pain, yeah. suicide. And he, he threw threw a combination together, and he nailed it. That was a real uh, Jeff Goldblum moment. Like, pain. No, pain. Death. That's, <laughs> that's pain. I don't know where it came from. It might have come from the movie, because I, I have seen the movie, but I have not seen the television series. Um, I don't know why. But. Well, good job, Neil, and good job, Brent. All I right. will say that listening to him zero in on that was not painless. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry. It's going to be all downhill from here, I'm sure of it. All right, question four. Yo, Adrian. In Rocky Five, Rocky trains a young, talented, but volatile boxer from Oklahoma, played by Tommy Morrison. What is his name? The character. Yes. I know this one. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> if you're going to ask a movie question, if it's Rocky, I got it. Great. This is a, the, my least favorite. Yeah, I love Rocky. I, I watch all of them, you know, several, not several times a year, but I watch them quite often, just not the fifth one. You always skip that one. I always skip the fifth one. All right, Neil is in with an answer. How are you looking? Uh, you know, I this is why I haven't seen the movie. I've actually only seen bits and pieces of the first movie. Wow. So rather than tap out, I'm just going to throw out the last name Jones and see what happens. Okay, not a, not a bad strategy. Uh, Rocky Five is not the best of the Rockies. Um, uh, Neil, what did you have? Uh, I So... Like I said, I don't watch the fifth one. Um, I think, uh, you know, the other ones are much, much better. So um, just for the fact that maybe Stallone wanted to give him a little cred because uh, he was an amateur boxer, I just put uh, Tommy Morrison. He just used his real name. All right. And the correct mm. answer is Tommy, Tommy Gun. What a stupid name. Tommy the Machine oh, wow. Gun. That's yeah. right. <laughs> See, I, don't, I knew it was like something Rocket or something. Yeah. yeah. It's a really, really bad movie. It ends in like a parking lot brawl. It's <laughs> uh, real. That's bad. where you want to see your boxing. A nationally televised parking lot brawl. <laughs> if you want to just skip the movies, though, and go to the best of the Rockies, just have a Coors. So. Yeah. All right. And finally, question five in the arts category. In what craft would you be most likely to come across the following terms? Miter, Kerf, Burl and Dado. Yeah, that's pronounced Dado. Dado. Thank you, Jeff. <laughs> You're welcome. Well, I, d I don't perform this craft, so. I do. I'm locked in. Okay. 
Yeah, this round, uh, not uh, not too good for me. Okay. I'm in. So it looks like Neil's in. Uh, let's start with Neil. Uh, I just put a uh, type of woodworking. Woodworking. How about Brent? <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, miter box and uh, dado, I believe, is the kind of joint that is woodworking. Neil is just waltzing his way into, <laughs> into some some bullshit today. <laughs> so it is woodworking. Uh, Jeff, you want to give us a rundown on some of those terms? Sure. Uh, so um, miter and, and kerfer types of cuts. Um, burl is actually um, the style of, um, I guess, the more of the pattern of the of the tree ring growth. Yeah, it's like a knotty growth. Yeah, so you'll see that a lot in high-end cars, um, like the burl walnuts are very popular. And then uh, a dado is um, basically you're, you're just cutting the end out of, of stuff. But yeah, it, you can use it in joinery, so... All right, so at the end of the second round, Brent added another 20 to his score for a total of 40, and Triviality added another 30 for a total of 70. So, so far, Triviality coming in strong, but that could all change in the swing round. And we will start that now. The category of the swing round is the world revolves around me. And by me, I mean Ken. So the the letters K-E-N appear in all these answers. Could be a name. Uh, could just uh, fit into a word somewhere. But I'm going to give a hint, and you have to come up with the answer. So, again, uh, Team Triviality works together on these, and uh, Brent has to work by himself, unfortunately, but he will get double points. So for each of these 10, uh, Team Triviality will get 5 points, and Brent will get 10 points. So the uh, hints are, 1. Murder on the Orient Express, Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets, and Hamlet and Thor. Number two. The year? 2002. The band Seether featuring Amy Lee. Number three. A real actual medical doctor and then Senior Chang. Got it. Number four. If you don't, I will look for you, I will find you, and I will kill you. Number five. Or... The Modern Prometheus. Number six. A question that has been plaguing Dan Rather since 1986. Makes a catchy tune, though. Number seven. My boss died in the Hamptons, but we won't let that ruin a good time. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Number eight. I have a thought that his full name might be Kensaku, unless somebody planted that idea there. Number nine, hmm, Heihachi, Kuma, King, or Yoshimitsu, decisions, decisions. And ten, from professional baseball pitcher to gym teacher in Shelby, North Carolina. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Jane Perlez, longtime foreign correspondent and former Beijing bureau chief for The New York Times. I've been a foreign correspondent in lots of places, Somalia, Indonesia, Pakistan, but nowhere as important to the world as China. 
I mean, China is not dropping anti-democratic paratroopers into Montana. But of course, we did see things like the weather balloon slash spy balloon riveting the whole country for a week. This is Face Off, an eight-part series in which we'll take you behind the scenes to key moments in the tumultuous U.S.-China relationship. We'll speak with a diplomat, a spy, a tech reporter, a U.S. admiral, even Yo-Yo Ma. Plus, my pal and noted China historian Rana Mitter joins the conversation. We'll look at what's driving the two nations apart and explore whether anything can help bring them back together. Face-off launches April 9th. So they can hear us here. So uh, we're going to kind of go through each of these uh, one by one. So number one immediately... Uh, stuck out to me as Kenneth Branagh. He directed yep. Thor. He, he directed uh, Murder on the Orient Express, coming out soon, and Hamlet. Okay. Um, so that one I'm 100 percent on. He's an actor too, who was in Harry Potter. Yes. Yeah, yeah. He played the uh, full of himself magician who who didn't know what he was doing. They're wizards, please. What did I say? Magician? Oh, oh. wizard. Yes. <laughs> um, I think Jeff wrote and and both Matt wrote, both wrote down um, Ken Jong for number three. Yeah, let's go back to the Amy Lee though. Is, that's uh, "Wake Me Up Inside," right? Is that the right song? No, it's got to have Ken in it. No, you're thinking the of the was, Evanescence song, yeah, which is that's six her, right? Stone or whatever. But it's, yeah, what is Seether? That's song? her, right? Seether is. I think it's called "Broken." Is I think is the name of the okay, song. Okay, I'm fine going with that. That's got Ken in it. So. Yeah. Um, let's skip Dan Rather. We can hear that one in a second. Number seven, Dead in the Hamptons. You said Weekend at Bernie's? Yeah, yeah Weekend that, at yeah. Bernie's. That's exactly what it is. Okay. I left. I'm yeah. fine with that one. Uh, number eight, Kensaku is the full name of Ken, Ken Watanabe. Ken Watanabe, yeah. One of my favorite Japanese actors. Yeah. 100% he's, on that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's in Inception. He's also in a couple other really great films. Um, so Kuma, Haihachi, King, and Yoshimitsu... Yoshimitsu, man, that sounds so familiar. I mean, I was thinking like sushis, but I can't. Yeah, I had the same. I was in a food Hibachi, but Hibachi. No, uh, and roll. Hmm. Well, let's come back to that one. Um, Ten was. But that's the plot of Eastbound and Down. Ken Tremendous is the name of the. Oh, is that his name? Is it? Are you sure? I don't know. I I don't watch that show. Well, what's the what's the actor's name? That's um Danny McBride. Danny McBride. Okay. Um, I mean, if you think it, Ken Tremendous, I don't, I don't know if that. I know that that's the name of someone's Twitter handle that associated. Oh with no, the no, show. his name is uh, his name is um, it's Kenny something. Oh yeah, uh, hold on, hold on. Um, Danny McBride, Kenny, Kenny Powers, Kenny Powers. Oh, I was close. <laughs> I think that's right, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. teamwork. All yeah. Right. So Dan Rather, sixty yeah. minutes, right? Yeah. I don't, was he on sixty minutes? I know he was just an anchor. Oh, maybe he just did nightly news. What did he? What was his sign off? This one. This one I'm like lost on. So uh, we just unmuted uh, Brent so he can uh, talk once again and hear us. Um, Brent, how how did these uh, shake out for you? Uh, the middle section was pretty good. Uh, the ends uh, weren't so great, <laughs> and there's a couple that I know I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna lose sleep over once I hear the answer. All right. Well, uh, let's start with number one. We'll just go back and forth. Okay. Number one, uh, Murder on the Orient Express, Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets, Hamlet and Thor. What did we come up with, uh, Team Triviality? Uh, so on behalf of uh, Team Triviality, um, this was a nice film question that I got immediately. That would be Kenneth Branagh. Okay. How are you feeling about that, Brent? Yeah, I, I couldn't come up with anything. Okay. Uh, actor and director, Kenneth Branagh is correct. I was in the same boat, just so you know. <laughs> I had nothing. Okay, number two. 
the year 2002, the band Seether featuring Amy Lee. Uh, so for us, um, Matt or Matt Ork or uh, Jeff had said broken, and we weren't too sure. Yeah. But uh, that was just our best guess. We went with broken. Yeah. I, okay. I think that's right. I think. It's, <laughs> yeah. Brent. I I also had almost nothing but put the word broken. Broken is correct. Yeah, Good job. it's that one that's like I'm broken. Something, <laughs> something, something. I couldn't remember it at all. The only word I know is broken. So I was like, they got yeah, the name. Amy of the Lee song. is in fact the girl from Evanescence. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jeff was correct in his assessment there when he was talking it out. Number three, a real actual medical doctor, and then Senor Chang. Uh, let's start with Brent on this one. So th- this is one I know I'm going to lose sleep over because I felt like the real-life medical doctor usually is a Spock reference, but I couldn't put the second part of it together. Okay. And how about you guys? Um, so uh, we went with uh, an actor who has a show. Uh, well, he's on Community, but he also has a show. I think it's Dr. Ken. Dr. Ken. And his name is Ken Jong. Yes, Ken Jong is correct. Um, he was a medical doctor before he got a bit part in Knocked Up, I believe, and began his comedic acting career mm-hmm. ken jong most known for hangover movies i was gonna say yeah the hangover is definitely probably one that people would really recognize him in okay and uh if you don't i will look for you i'll find you and i will kill you this is one that did not give neil too much trouble so we'll start with uh, team triviality i have a particular set of skills uh, <laughs> that would be taken taken and brent if you keep sending me Farmville invites on Facebook, no, I'm sorry. Uh, that, is all, that is also taken, yes. All right. Looks like everybody's getting points on that one. So moving on to number five, or the modern Prometheus. It seemed like everybody kind of had the uh, line of thought on this one. So let's start with Brent. The modern Prometheus was Mary Shelley with Frankenstein. We went with Frankenstein. <laughs> Good job, guys. <laughs> So here's one that really, uh, really uh, gave triviality some trouble. A question that has been plaguing Dan Rather since 1986 makes a catchy tune, though. What do you think, Brent? Uh, that was a dude that accosted uh, Dan Rather, I think, in Central Park, and he was wanting to know what the frequency of was the uh, satellites broadcasting on. And he was saying, what's the frequency, damn it? But he was kind of mumbling his words, and Dan rather reported it as he kept saying, what's the frequency, Kenneth? Oh, wow. That's really cool. And uh, what did Team Triviality have? Not that. Not that. Yeah, our last minute uh, (laughs) Hail Mary was everybody's working for the weekend. (laughs) (laughs) So Brent is correct. What's the frequency, Kenneth? Which is, of course, also a catchy REM tune. And moving on to number seven. My boss died in the Hamptons, but we won't let that ruin a good time. Brent. Uh, I think maybe that's where you want... Well, that's where I had the weekend. It reminded me of the 80s film Weekend at Bernie's. And Team Triviality? Another uh, film reference. I'll let Matt uh, say this one because he started laughing immediately yeah, and it, got it. Weekend at Bernie's. Great movie. <laughs> that is correct. Oh, I thought it was Porky's. I'm glad I got outvoted. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Number eight. I have a thought that his full name might be Kensaku, unless somebody planted that idea there. So we have a, a hard fact and a little hint to help us get here. But what did uh, Brent put down? Uh, un- unfortunately, I-, I could not get my brain out of usual suspects because that just sounds like a line from that movie. And I put verbal Kent, but I'm pretty sure it's verbal Kent, but I couldn't come up with anything better. Okay. 
Um, so this person uh, is one of my favorite actors from Japan. Uh, you would know him as Ken Watanabe. And he is, of course, in Inception, which is where the hint came from. Oh, shoot. Okay. Yep. Uh, Ken Watanabe is correct. So uh, number nine, we had Heihachi Kuma King or Yoshimitsu. And this was one of the ones that uh, Triviality was having a lot of trouble with. Um, but let's start with Brent to see what he had. Yeah, I got nothing. <laughs> All right, so he couldn't he couldn't uh, find the common thread there. Let's see about Triviality. So we started with sushi, then we went with uh, with food. We weren't sure if it was like kings or something. And at the last second, um, I, we, we thought the name Yoshimitsu sounded like a person and Kuma might be a person. So we actually said Tekken, thinking it could be a video game character. Those are characters from Tekken. Wow. wow. Nice. Right. <laughs> nice, Neil. Um, Jeff, you you were like, man, Heihachi Yoshimitsu, that sounds so familiar. Yeah. They were also characters in Soul Calibur, which is why you know it. Oh, yeah. That makes a lot of sense, because I played a lot more Soul Calibur than I did but, Tekken. But uh, Kuma and King are only in Tekken, so that's uh, where the difference comes from. And finally, number 10, from professional baseball pitcher to gym teacher in Shelby, North Carolina. Brent? Uh... Yeah, I got nothing here, too. Where my mind kept going was to uh, uh, Mayberry, North Carolina, Think, wondering if it was a character from uh, from uh, uh, the show that is escaping my mind right now rather embarrassingly, <laughs> but I uh, couldn't come up with anything that with Ken in it. That's Andy Griffith, right? Is it Mayberry? Yeah. Yeah, okay. And uh, for us, uh, this is really, you know, why we love being a team. It's kind of what happens on Mondays. Uh, Matt said Ken. Ken Tremendous. Ken Tremendous. I said, I, you know, it's Danny McBride. I think his name's Kenny. And Jeff said it was Kenny Powers. From so, Eastbound and Down, which is, I was, I was stressing that that was got to be the plot. So, The correct answer is Kenny Powers. Mm. So another uh, five points for Team Triviality. All right. Mm-hmm. Okay. So with the end of the halftime... Looks like uh, Team Triviality tacked on an additional 45 points, and Brent, uh, having the double pointage, was able to get five of those for 50 points, bringing the grand totals and closing the gap. Team Triviality, 115, and Brent with 90. Yeah, it was uh, really important that we got as many of those correct because Brent definitely uh, caught up to us there. I'm just glad that we got almost all of them correct. Yeah, so. great, great job with some of those uh from Team Triviality, kind of coming in with the answers at the last minute. Okay, so uh, moving on to the sports and recreation round, moving over to Matt, who we know uh, bolstered our team last time <laughs> with a perfect five, I, I think, right? Yeah. Yep. So uh, so this, uh, depending on what uh, Brent knows about sports, this Brent could be where uh, seems Triviality like big, pulls away. Seems like a big sports guy, so this should be an evenly matched yeah, he's Brown. got a lot of jerseys hanging there in his man cave, so we'll see what happens. Yeah, I, I keep my sports stuff really low-key, so... Um. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so question one. According to author Shay Serrano, the most disrespectful dunk in the history of the NBA occurred when Scottie Pippen stood over which fellow number 33. He also had a few words with Spike Lee after all was said and done. Uh so uh, Matt wrote down right away. He's feeling confident. I think I know this one. Yeah. I got it. Okay. I'm in. Brent's in two. Let's start with Brent. Uh, I'm not a basketball guy, um, so I was really having trouble with it until you added Spike Lee, who's the famous Knicks fan. So I went Patrick Ewing. Okay. And Matt? Shea Serrano, one of my favorite uh, basketball writers. Um, yeah, it's over uh, Patrick Ewing. It's one of the more famous ones. It's actually like one of the first gifts that I ever saw like on the internet. 
Yeah, it is Patrick Ewing. Good job, guys. Yeah, he like walks over him afterwards. It's great to be honest. <laughs> Patrick Ewing did not appreciate. It. <laughs> he did not. All right, moving right on to number two. In what sport can a player commit an infraction called burning and have the hammer advantage? Locked in. Oh, hey, hey. <laughs> All right, I'm locked in with something. Okay, let's start with Matt. Um, I have no idea. It sounds foreign. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know why it just does to me. So I just went with cricket. Okay, and uh, Brent. Uh, I'm, I'm not really sure what the foul is, but when you said have the, the hammer throw, I believe the hammer throw is the last throw of the round in curling. Oh, Curling's right. So curling. so we're always, no, it's never curling. Yeah. We, we've been waiting <laughs> we for a curling, it's curling question. It's always finally, curling or cricket. I finally fed you the curling question. Uh, you missed it. Uh, yeah, so uh, the burning is burning the stone. It's when you accidentally touch the stone while it's in motion. Yeah. And so it kind of disqualifies the toss. Um, the hammer advantage is exactly correct. It's the person who yeah. has the last uh, the last throw in the round. I did know that they were called stones, and then there's the sweepers and something. Yeah, that's why I left the then. the stone out of the out of the question. Well, I disapprove. All I'm right. pretty sure that video I watched on the physics had nothing to do with those terms. <laughs> Number three, what technique used in ice hockey is described as drawing an opposing player out of position using a fake out as a decoy? I think I got it. Okay. Yeah, I'm good. All right, Brent's a big hockey fan, so let's start with him. Yeah, again, I keep it low-key. Uh, <laughs> I know in a lot of different sports, they have different names for it. So uh, I think in hockey, the term you're looking for is a deke. Okay, how about Matt? Yeah, my first uh, instance of coming across this was in the Mighty Ducks when they did the famous triple deke, and I said deke. Deke is correct. Good job, guys. That's so interesting. I didn't realize it was... It, it, is it have a relationship to the word decoy? Is that yeah, where it comes it's, from? Yeah, it's short for decoy. I yeah. have no idea. No. All right, so we're cruising right along in this sports round. It's going pretty fast. Uh, this next question is a true or false. So disc golf was invented in the early 1990s by college students after a bet was made about how many throws it would take to get a Frisbee from their dormitory to a university fountain almost half a mile away. <laughs> So I need to know if that's the real origin story of disc golf, or if that's bullshit. I believe it's pronounced <laughs> frolf. I live to frolf. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I always wanted to try that. I've never done it. Uh, I got an answer, sure. Okay. Okay, I'm in. All right, so I just need to know true or false if that was the the true story of uh, disc golf, or uh, or if I made that up. I I'm gonna say false because I think it was made earlier than 1990 okay and brent yeah i said true but now that he said that that sounds right it is false in this case Damn. Uh, it was actually invented in the night in uh, 1926 in wow. saskatchewan i even got the reason right so i just made up a really bro story <laughs> yeah. about how <laughs> my apologies to any that uh, also sounds like it could be the origin of um lacrosse uh, no what's the other frisbee <laughs> Uh, like football ultimate ultimate frisbee yeah like yeah. oh i got this frisbee and it's ultimate you gotta so, throw it to, yeah so my my apologies to the frisbee golf fans out there no no offense i just thought it would be a entertaining uh, story to make up all right and finally number five what former oakland raider also performed the role of master sergeant kelly in john woo's broken arrow oh you enjoy john woo's broken arrow i love broken arrow oh, i know it's so a really movie. bad so bad <laughs> 
we rewatched it recently, and it was it was just painful. It was hard to sit through, man. Uh, it wasn't even entertaining. Bad. It I can't believe bad. this guy didn't have a better career after this movie because he was so good. <laughs> All right. I'm sorry. What was that? <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> and any uh, line of th- uh, thought on this one, Brent? Yeah, I got some former Raiders running around in my head here. Uh, because I don't know right off the top of my head, so I'm trying to decide whether it's like a top flight, you know, Hall of Fame Raider mm-hmm. or, you know, like a lineman or, or something. You know, have, have, you, have, have you seen Broken Arrow? I have not. Ugh. You're lucky. <laughs> <laughs> not, not in this, the case of this question, but just in life. All right. I'm locked in with an incorrect answer. All right. You can go ahead and start. Well, uh, not knowing the movie, um, I just kind of went through famous Raiders, and I lost a lot of thunder in it when I heard a comment about Camp Grieve as his career went better. Uh, <laughs> and this guy's career certainly had no complaints, but it's all I got, so I went with Marcus Allen. Okay. Yeah, Matt might have uh, done a diversionary tactic on, on you there. But, yeah. Uh, Did he deke me? (laughs) Triple deke, actually. Yeah, I believe this is the uh, father of current Bears lineman. uh, What is his name? Kyle Long. Yeah, I put uh, Howie Long. Howie Long is correct. Uh, He did do a couple acting roles uh, following uh, following Broken Arrow as well. But now he's a commentator more. He mostly did the uh, those Fox Morning chuckle shows where they would with Terry Bradshaw where they would just laugh. Yeah, he's on uh, Fox (laughs) NFL Sunday. So uh, Brent was able to get an extra 30 points there. Matt got four out of five for an extra 40. So it looks like we are at 155 for Team Triviality to 120 for Brent. So we're going into uh, Brent's specialty round. He asked me to do a round all about the 80s. So this is We Love the 80s. Um, Brent, you have your pick of uh, Team Triviality. Who did you want to go against in the 80s category? Uh, we'll go with Matt. All right. Matt. Well, that's, that's a bold choice, being that uh, Matt is uh, a little older. By like one year. <laughs> actually, actually, it might be the same age as Neil. Yeah. Joke's on you. I was born in the 80s. But, but, <laughs> but I mean, we were all born in the 80s. That is that is true. But, it, I mean, that's it's a bold choice. Matt's kind of a pop culture guy, yeah. so we'll see what happens. If there's any elf questions, you're in trouble. I was expecting a, like, St. Louis blues category, and I was just praying no, that I, mean, I did it's not gotta be picked. It's got to be a little bit general, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah I didn't, I didn't want to go quite that specific. If it was uh, jerseys on my wall, we'd be in trouble. <laughs> yeah, I told, uh, I told the guys I was glad that it wasn't going to be as pointed as a St. Louis blues category, because all I would put for every question was, would be Tarashenko. <laughs> um, all right. So, <laughs> Ooh, I would love this 80s category. I'm excited to hear these questions. So, 80s. So, we're going to start with a film question. Just name three of the Oscar winners for Best Picture in the 1980s. You know, so, I didn't I didn't know too much about your uh, basic knowledge uh, coming into this, uh, Brent. Um, but how does this so, uh, sort of question suit you? I have a little bit of a story that I'll tell you that I'm racking my brain <laughs> over. Okay. It looks like uh, Neil's got uh, four so far. How many are we looking for? Just three. And remember, Neil's points don't count. Yeah, Neil's points don't count. We're looking <laughs> yeah. for Matt's answers, but uh, Neil's got yeah. four correct answers. I have so two far. written down. One might not be from the '80s, and one might not have won Best Picture. <laughs> so I'm in a good spot. All, all great places to so start. So far, Neil is all correct, though. Looks like Matt and Brent are in after some deliberation. Yep. Let's begin with Matt. All right. So I think the first one I said it was actually 1990. 
but I wasn't sure. I put Driving Miss Daisy. Uh, I also had uh, Goodfellas, and then I'm pretty sure this is 90s also, but I put Shawshank Redemption. Okay, and uh, Brent? Uh, so the first one I put down, I think it was very early 80s. I hope Chariots of Fire. Okay. And then the other one that I'm pretty sure was, again, I'm not 100% sure it was early 80s, but Annie Hall. Okay. And then the third one, I really was having coming up with the third one. Um, and, and I don't know why this movie came to my mind, but Silkwood. Okay. Um, unfortunately, no points are going to be given out uh, on this category. So you each had one, it looks like. All right. Um, Neil was writing down his answers independently. He came up with five and wrote the years next to them. And he was absolutely correct about all those. Um, but the answers that were acceptable, going from 80 to 89, are... Ordinary People, Chariots of Fire, Gandhi, Terms of Endearment, Amadeus, Out of Africa, Platoon, The Last Emperor, Rain Man, and Driving Miss Daisy. Oh, I was going to put Rain Man. I thought it was 90s. Well, good guesses, you guys. Uh, just a little bit off. but uh, I want to say Goodfellas was 90 or 91. Yeah. And Shawshank was what, 93? 93. 94. 94. Yeah. Yeah. All right, moving on. Next question is going to be a lyrics question, and it's from 1985. I'm just going to read the lyrics, and I want you to name the song. So starting from the very top of the song, I wanted to be with you alone and talk about the weather, but traditions I can trace against the child in your face won't escape my attention. I'm locked in. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. I don't know, but both I have an answer. answers are in. We will start with Matt. Uh, one of my favorite '80s songs. I just put uh, "Private Eye" by Hall and Oates. Very good song, but not correct. <laughs> <laughs> Go for uh, Brent. You know, in a weird way, he's kind of close because he picked a Hall and Oates song. And back in March, I believe, I went to see Hall and Oates in concert, and their opening act was Tears for Fears, who oh. had a song called "Head Over Heels." That is correct. Tears for Fears, uh, classic Head Over Heels from Songs from the Big Chair. Very good album. And both and both were fantastic. All right, moving on to question three. Appointed in 1981 by President Ronald Reagan and unanimously confirmed, what bright lady became the first woman to hold a Supreme Court seat? Locked in. I also have an answer. All right, so this seemed pretty easy for our contestants. Let's go with Matt first. Well, I hope that the bright was the clue, and I put Madeline Albright. Okay. <laughs> I'm not sure. Uh, the, the bright I was hoping was bright as day, as in Sandra Day O'Connor. That's way more likely. <laughs> the correct answer is Sandra Day O'Connor. <laughs> I would never have gotten there. Madeline Albright was the first female Secretary of State under oh. Clinton. Oh. All right, moving on to question four. And I'd be remiss if I didn't put an arcade game question in the 80s category. So what arcade game launched in 1980 contained the following characters' nicknames presented here in the original Japanese? Akabe, Pinky, Asuke, and Guzuta. Locked in. Yeah, I'm locked in too. Okay. Uh, what did we have? Brent. Uh, I'm guessing, uh, this is an educated guess, but the year sounds right that those are the four ghosts from Pac-Man. Okay. Yeah, and I think Pinky is the one that wasn't changed. I put Pac-Man. Yep, you are correct. A uh, rough translation, um, Akabe is red guy, Pinky is pink, uh, Alske is blue guy, and Gazuta is slow guy. 
according to Wikipedia. <laughs> yeah, I mean, most people didn't know that they actually had, they were like given individual personalities and they're supposed to react mm-hmm. that way in the game when they're chasing you. Yeah, I read quite a bit about the, the Pac-Man <laughs> monsters. <laughs> All right, moving on to question five, which will be the last in the 80s round. The Space Shuttle Challenger disaster in 1986 was determined to be caused by what specific faulty piece of equipment? Locked in. Ah. Okay, so Matt wrote something down, though yeah. he doesn't look too confident. We'll start with Matt here. I put uh, combustor and hope that that was a thing. <laughs> okay, and we'll move on to Brent. Uh, I believe they tracked it down to an O-ring that's uh, connected pieces of the solid rocket boosters, and they launched when it was too cold for them to work properly. Yep, the O-ring is correct. So it looks like Brent's getting points on that one. So after the uh, end of regulation, it looks like Brent was able to close the gap. It's now 160 to 165 with Triviality holding a tenuous lead. So we will move into the final round. I have come up with 10 final round questions. Of course, we will only be doing five. Since Triviality gets to work together on the final uh, round, uh, it's only fair that Brent gets to pick the five categories that he, uh, he gets to answer. So out of these 10, let me know which five of these you want us to answer. Number one is the art of the cameo. Number two, keep this in mind. Number three, weaponry. Number four, name that logo. Number five, a final in fantasy. Six, pretty sweet. Seven, warfare. Eight, 20th century art. Number nine, ancient history. And I thought it was only fair. Number 10, Game of Death. To be clear, Game of Death is very much about Game of Death. <laughs> <laughs> That's a meta critique on what we're doing right so now. So if, if you if you are not familiar with Game of Death, don't pick that <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with Keep in Mind. Okay. Weaponry. Weaponry. Logo. Logo. Uh, there was a category Sweet. Pretty Sweet. Pretty Sweet. And Game of Death. Game of Death. So he's familiar. Okay, so now that those uh, five categories have been selected, which are Keep in Mind, Weaponry, Name That Logo, Pretty Sweet, and Game of Death, uh, each team will have the opportunity to wager 0 to 30 points on each one of those questions, but not to exceed the points that they've earned. We can't hear him. Okay, after some discussion, all the wagers are in on both sides. So I will uh, just begin by reading the questions. The first one that uh, Brent selected was, keep this in mind. I want to know, what structure of the human brain takes up about 10% of the volume, yet holds about 50% of all neurons? So number two was in weaponry. Possibly most well-known for their use in the Vietnam War, but not exclusively, wood or bamboo that is sharpened and heated for use in traps are known as what? Moving on to question three, name that logo. The guy in the Pringles can shares a first name with a famous recipient of an assassination as well as a non-practicing doctor. What is it? Number four, pretty sweet. What old-timey chewy caramel and nut candy shares its name with an American swing band that gave us the single 
Hell in 1996. And number five, Game of Death. In the film Game of Death, how does Bruce Lee actually end up defeating Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, a.k.a. how is he killed? Hey there, I'm Dylan Lewis, one of the hosts of Motley Fool Money. Each weekday on Motley Fool Money, we talk through the business news you need to know and the stories moving stocks on Wall Street. On weekends, we dive into the industries shaping tomorrow and host the experts, authors, and executives that understand them. Tune in for insights, a long-term perspective on investing, and of course, stock ideas, plenty of them. To quote a listener, it pays to listen. Check us out and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. On our show, we help listeners like you make the most of your finances. I sit down with NerdWallet's team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. We answer your real-world money questions and break down the latest personal finance news. The nerds will give you the clarity you need by cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. We don't promote get-rich-quick schemes or hype unrealistic side hustles. Instead, we offer practical knowledge that you can apply in your everyday life. You'll learn about strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. And you'll walk away with the confidence you need to ensure that your money is always working as hard as you are. So turn to the nerds to answer your real-world money questions and get insights that can help you make the smartest financial decisions for your life. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. So uh, we are once again going to mute Brent while he can uh, figure out his answers and Team Triviality is going to discuss. Okay, so just to throw a joke out into the, the ether, the first thing I thought of for the number one, even though we didn't, uh, we didn't bet, spoiler, was uh, Medulla Oblongata uh. from uh, or, um, whatever you call it, Waterboy. But Waterboy. It, is it the cerebellum maybe? Isn't that from Billy Madison? No, no, the, no. Is it the smallest part and controls the most neurons, but I would assume would be the hippocampus. Oh, hippocampus or pituitary gland, but that's... What, what, are, you, what are you thinking? Uh, I wrote down amygdala, but I don't know. Oh. That could be right, too. Good thing we went zero. I pituitary think, I, gland, I think, is really small. I think, I think the hippocampus is the smallest part of the brain. It's the thing that hangs down, like the brainstem. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I don't know what it is, though. To clarify for both teams, um, I want to know how... Uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is physically killed. So I can't say like a blood to the brain. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No. (laughs) Okay, so on that note, he he gives him like a rear naked choke. I don't know if that's the correct term. I'm just going to say he chokes him out like this, and then he like goes, and then his hand stops moving. Okay, choking. Asphyxiation by by choking. Yes. Got it. (laughs) Um, So that number four, it was a band... A swing bands. So there's only a number. What of about swing 90 bands. swing bands? Okay, so you got like. Is it the sugar daddy? Isn't that a candy? That would make sugar, sense. Sugar popping daddies. Sugar no, daddies. No, that was right. those cherry popping daddies. Well, there's cherry popping daddies, and then sugar daddy sounds right. They were. Though. They were. Um, that was Zoot Suit Riot. Was their hit? Yeah, but sugar daddy is. De- no, it's not a. It's not a caramely chocolate, nutty thing, right? I don't know. About, I don't think cherry popping daddies is a candy. Either. Well, I know that. Nut I'm, over, I'm over that. Well, what's the uh, what's the other one? The, what's his name? Brian Setzer Orchestra. Yeah, that's not a candy. <laughs> yeah, we're not. I don't think we're gonna get it from. We're gonna get it through candy. All right, let's skip that one. Um, yeah, three Julius, right? What was the other clue? Is it not the assassination? Dr. It's Doctor J. Julius Irving. Oh yeah, then yeah, it's so Julius. It's Julius. 
bamboo shoots, right? Isn't that yeah? What that called? was sharpened and heated in for booby just... traps. I think uh, maybe punji. Pun- a... Yeah, like a punji pit would be a pit oh, full of like the bamboo the spikes. Pu- the Punjabi prison man. Punjabi prison. Oh yes. It's Punjabi. <laughs> Are you sure? Well, no. Punjabi is from Punjabi is a region. Yeah, yeah. but Punjab is a region. But what is it? Punji. Uh, punji. Punji. Yeah. Do yes. that. Is that an actual weapon? Yeah. Okay. Well, it's not a weapon, but it's it's a pit full of spikes. Usually, it's called a punji pit. Okay, after some discussion, uh, Team Triviality and Brent are both in with their answers. So we'll start with the category, keep this in mind. Uh, Brent came in with 10 points. Triviality is forfeiting this round with zero points. What structure of the human brain takes up about 10% of the volume, yet holds about 50% of the neurons? Uh, Team Triviality? Um, There was some discussion back and forth here. Um, wasn't quite sure. My gut said amygdala. Since I tend to be a, more of a science guy, they, they just deferred to me. So we don't know for sure, but we said amygdala. Just as kind of a, a an educated guess, uh, I went with the cerebellum. And cerebellum is correct. Possibly most well-known for their use in the Vietnam War, but not exclusively. Wood or bamboo that is sharpened and heated for use in traps are known as what? Uh, we're going to start with Brent on this one. And he had ten, he had 10 points on the line. Uh, Team Triviality had 20. Yeah, I didn't really have anything. I I know it's not most known by that. I just went with Shank. Okay, and Team Triviality? So there was much discussion to be had on this one, too. Um, But we settled on Punji. Punji stick or steak is correct. And you're right about (laughs) uh, their use in pits for Punji pits. Yep, Punji is correct. Uh, Thank you, and a shout-out to THPS2 on that one. Yeah. And to wrestling, because that's how we got there. <laughs> yes. From right, the so with, with that, uh, Team Triviality gains 20 points. Moving on to the logo question. Name that logo. The guy on the Pringles can shares a first name with the famous recipient of an assassination, as well as a non-practicing doctor. What is that name? Uh, we're going to start with Brent. He had uh, 30 points on the line, as did Team Triviality. There were a little too many recipients of assassinations to narrow it down. And for some reason... I focused on the non-practicing doctor, and I went with Philip, because also it was alliteration with Pringles. All right, thinking of uh, Dr. Phil, and uh, Team Triviality had what? Um, We were thinking of the uh, non-practicing doctor, Dr. J. Julius Irving. Julius was the name. Okay, yeah, and the uh, famous recipient of assassination was Julius Caesar. It is Julius Pringles is his full name. Ooh. So, uh, unfortunately... Uh, Brent couldn't get that one, but Triviality uh, gains in pointage. Thanks, Matt. On Matt, that's pulling that sports reference there. <laughs> <laughs> to, right. to, uh, to Brent's credit, I also thought it was Philip, but I couldn't think of a famous Philip assassination. So, so moving on to Pretty Sweet, which I know uh, was hanging up uh, Team Triviality a little bit. Uh, Brent had 20 points on the line here. Team Triviality had 10. So uh, what old-timey chewy caramel and nut candy shares its name with an American swing band that gave us the single Hell in 1996. We're going to start with Brent here. The, the candy I came up with is Turtle. I know there was a previous band called The Turtles. Okay, and uh, I know at one point the correct answer was said by Team Triviality, but what did you go with? So we argued a lot. We, we said that the only bands it could be would be Cherry Pop and Daddy's, Brian Setzer Orchestra, or Squirrel Nut Zippers, which I think it's Squirrel Nut Zippers because the song's in my head now. It's da 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 in hell da 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 But um, we were overruled. We couldn't figure it out. And overruled. We went, we went with uh, Charleston Chew. 
The correct answer is squirrel nut Never. zippers. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, we are going with the uh, game of death category. Uh, looks like Brent uh, forfeited this round. Uh, Team Triviality went with 30 points, so we'll see what they know. How did uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar ultimately meet his end? So I'll just lead you up here. Uh, basically, Bruce Lee was fighting Kareem Abdul-Jabbar in a similar style of fighting. Um, he got kicked and threw his hands up against the window on accident. Light hit Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's eyes, and that's his sensitivity. So um, Bruce Lee got the jump on him, and the way he actually killed Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was with a chokehold um, asphyxiating him uh, to death uh, over a couch or a chase lounge. Okay, and a chaise. <laughs> and Brent, did you have an answer on this one? Yeah, I just said that he was kicked over a cliff. Ah, oh, that okay. so cool. Better well, ending. <laughs> the correct answer is that he was uh, choked from behind or perhaps had his uh, neck snapped. But, uh, yeah, we will give credit to Triviality for that one. All right. All right, so after the final round, it looks like uh, Brent uh, netted a minus 50 points. Triviality netted a plus 70, so that brings the final points uh, totals to 110 for Brent and the Kareem of the crop today is Team Triviality with 235 pretty respectable gentlemen you have forgotten that I too am not afraid of death yeah Brent um, what a game that, that was, we were so close the entire time um, we were a little scared going into the wagering not sure what to do and we, we went a little harder in the paint than we Probably should have, but it, it, I guess it panned out. It was either going to be good or bad, and, and yeah. uh, you were just an awesome competitor. Thank you. Yeah, I enjoyed this. This was fun. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm glad that, uh, you know, I was counting pretty heavily on the category that I picked, and that worked out well for me. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that was a fun time. All right. Um, is there anything uh, you'd like to plug, uh, Brent? Or The one thing I would like to plug is, is you know, kind of a charity uh uh, NAMI is a big charity for me, the uh, National Alliance for Mental, Mental Illness. Check out their page and uh, uh, see what people are going through. And I know there's a lot of things you can give money to right now with hurricanes and, and all sorts of awful things happening. But uh, give their page a look and uh, see if it means something to you. What's the website for that? I believe it's NAMI.org. Wonderful. Yeah, that's that's a, a great charity everyone should check out, uh, NAMI.org. Yeah, we could definitely throw a link in the description, too. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. Well, awesome, Brett. Thanks for coming by today. Thank you for having me. It was a good time. Thanks awesome. for making us sweat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we... And it wasn't just the AC not being on. It was, <laughs> it was your, your talent uh, in this game. All right, guys. Well, great game all around. Uh, as per usual, if you want to get in touch with us, check out our Facebook at uh, facebook.com slash trivialitypod. Our Twitter is trivialitypod. Um, also, we have our brand new website at trivialitypodcast.com. Our email, trivialitypodcast at gmail.com. Uh, you can do the question five uh, submissions there. And uh, once again, we might do a uh, Game of Death score sheet on the, uh, on the Facebook for download so you can play along with the Game of Death as well. Of course, other than spreading the word, the best way you can support the show is by rating, reviewing, and subscribing to Triviality on your favorite podcast app. Thanks once again to Brent and for Jeff, Matt, Neil, I am Ken, and that was Triviality. Don't you try knocking me down now. No, no, in the ring, in the ring. Tommy Gunn only fights in the ring. Get out of here. My ring's outside. Yeah.
Let's do it. Come on! Go live! Go live!